Lord, thank you again for this morning, and thank you for your word. God, open our eyes, God, to see you more clearly, Lord. Open our ears to hear what your spirit is saying and open our hearts up to your word as you speak to us. God, we want to know you in a deeper way and we want to live with you better. And with the things that we are studying this morning, God, may that help us. May that help us to see the realities of the eternal things, of the spiritual things, God. And may we, God, be moved and motivated to live for you to obey you and even to pray god even more so i ask god that you bless this time by your holy spirit anoint it and i ask this in jesus name amen hey sometimes have you ever wondered this? sometimes i wonder if i just had some like special glasses i could put on and i could see all the invisible like wireless signals going through this room i mean can you imagine right now right some of you are on your wireless routers and your cell phone signals are going on and and with your tablets and radio waves and all that well you know what there is an app that came out called the architecture of radio it uses data from communication networks all around and makes a model of those signals on your ipad or phone you can see this they do say it's not a measurement too but it gives this example a visualization of the radio waves cell phone signals and wi-fi streams that are not visible to the naked eye I. So you can see the screenshot of this app and what it does. And I thought it was super interesting. Like, oh, if I could only see those things, you know, going on in that way. Probably even more, more than that, more than we can imagine. Interesting, isn't that? To think right now, music, TV channels even. Someone sending a text, woo, it's flying through the air. Phone, cell phone calls and web pages are being transmitted and seen. But nobody can see it with the naked eye. Well, as we continue in our study through the book of Daniel, God reveals how Daniel's prayers have affected the invisible battle going on in the spiritual realm that no one can see. And so I've titled our message this morning, Prayer and the Invisible War. Prayer and the Invisible War. We're going to be studying Daniel chapter 10, the whole chapter here. It's one set from verse 1 through 21, and we'll try and get through this, through this quickly. I know it's a lot of verses, but, but it's, it's exciting. It's amazing what we're going to see here in God's Word. Now, I've broken up this chapter into four parts, and this is our outline. Number one, the heart concern. Number two, the holy glory. Number three, the heavy battle. And number four, the hellish campaign. So we're going to see prayer and the invisible war in this chapter. We're going to begin with number one in our outline, the heart concern. The heart concern. Now, in this section, we're going to cover the first three verses in Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. So take a look with me there, verses 1 through 3, Daniel chapter 10. It reads here, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar, and the word was true, and it was great conflict, and he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. In those days, 
I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. Now we'll stop right there. We begin here in chapter 10 with the time, the dating of this vision, this next vision of Daniel. Now this is his final vision, and we're coming into the end of this book. So in chapter 10, it's sort of like an introduction, because as we get into chapter 11, 12 is the actual vision. Well, this vision, this prophecy, we should say, came during the third year of Cyrus, and he was the Persian king, right? The king of the Medes and Persian. And that means that this word, this prophecy, and I like the, that word word, right? It, it came from the Lord, and it came two years after the prophecy in the last chapter, which dates this at 536 B.C. Now, we read Belteshazzar. Remember, that was Daniel's uh, Babylonian name that King Nebuchadnezzar gave to him way back when, when he first was taken captive to Babylon. So that was almost 70 years ago, right? We've been learning that. So right now, at the time Daniel is, is writing this, and he sort of makes this little introduction in uh, verse 1, but he he's close to 90 years old. He's pushing 90 here. He's pretty old here. Well, this prophecy, Daniel writes, it basically reveals the great conflict, he says, that came against Israel, the Jews, and, and what happened in the whole world. And that's what we're going to be seeing in the next chapters. And Daniel writes in this introduction that he understood this vision. He understood this prophecy, this word. He came basically to understand the great significance of this vision. This prophecy was about the spiritual attack upon his people, Israel. Daniel chapter 10 gives us a glimpse into the spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes. That's why this is this is amazing. This this chapter is one of the greatest chapters well almost every chapter has been good huh i mean like last week learning about the 70s you know weeks and the 70s shabwas right and then now we get this glimpse into spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes that's what this is about a.r fawcett wrote the 10th chapter unfolds the spiritual world as a background of the historical world and i i like that i quote that to you because what we see today is the behind-the-scenes look. What we're going to look into chapter 10 is the behind-the-scenes look at what is really going on with the events in the world, with countries and, and with leaders and all of that. And, and that's what we get a glimpse of today, and we'll see that is what is behind the scenes of the prophecies in chapter 11 and chapter 12. Okay, this prop prophecy now, chapter 11, 12, it came to Daniel actually in answer to prayer. And that's what he means as he, as he goes on here in verse 3. Uh, uh, verse 1 and 2 is like kind of this little official introduction sort of thing. But now he says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. So mourning means he was grieving. 
And he was so saddened. Why? Because over the state of the Jews and his people, right? That's all he's been really praying for, focusing on the Jewish people, the future of the Jewish people, the nation, right? And so he was mourning, he was grieving. And when a Jewish man says he mourns, you know what he's doing? He's fasting and praying. That's what he's talking about here. So he's been fasting and praying for three full weeks. Daniel describes here in his fasting and prayer, he hadn't eaten any delicacies that's like he hasn't had any special meals you know no halpia pie or or luau pie at all which which um we were given yesterday who praise the lord anyway um no meat no wine and he did not anoint himself you know what that means in ancient times they didn't really take a lot of baths baths or showers you know so they would freshen up with like perfume like you know cologne to cover up that body odor you know, in t- today's terms, it's like like you'd be saying, I didn't take a shower, I, I, I didn't put on any deodorant, I didn't shave. And, well, I know the wives are saying, husband, you, that's what you are doing in quarantine, right, as they elbow you. No, but Daniel was doing that now for three weeks, and what is that, 21 days. So why did Daniel fast and pray? Well, Daniel was deeply concerned for the state of the Jews. This was... The heart concern, that's our heading. This is what's coming out here. This is why he's mourning. This is why he's grieving. This is why he's praying. This is what drove Daniel to fast and pray. Now, understand the background here. It's been over a year since the first of three waves of Jews has returned to the homeland in the land of Israel. Remember, I mentioned in, in the last chapter, that right at that point where Cyrus the king was going to allow the Jews, the first wave, to return. And so they're back there now. But sadly, these 42,000 Jews, they returned to suffer hardship in trying to rebuild the temple and trying to get things going again. The economy was all bust. The, 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 the city was still in ruins and their focus was on the temple, but they ran into opposition from the Gentile people that lived all around in the area there. So they're having a hard time. So Daniel's like really grieved, mourning over that. And on top of that, Many of the Jews that are in captivity, living in Babylon, didn't want to return because they had developed a pretty good life there. They were comfortable, and you know what? They didn't want to go to that. So Daniel went to fast and pray, wondering what is going to happen with the nation, with Israel, with his people. Some are here, some are there. You know, um, so he continues to pray, what, what's going to go on? And even maybe even trying to understand what we had learned last chapter last week about the 70 weeks so maybe you're thinking well what about daniel why didn't he go back you think he would want to go back to the homeland well we're not sure we really don't know why he didn't return maybe he's too old at this point to travel like that maybe he probably still had duties in the palace you know remember he was a chief advisor for the king and even under cyrus the king uh, when the Medes and Persians took over Babylon, maybe, maybe God wanted him to stay back. Maybe he was to stay back and pray. Perhaps that is. Well, either way, this is what we see here. Daniel went right to fasting and prayer when faced with difficulties and problems. Daniel went right to fasting and prayer when faced with difficulties and problems. 
What is the first thing you do? I mean, when we face difficulties, when I, when I come up with a problem and, you know, problems in my face and, oh, no, and these emotions, I mean, uh, I know we, we've all been there. Maybe you're there right now. What's a, our first reaction? Oh, no, oh, no. And then, oh, you panic or you're in fear or you're, or you're trying to fix the thing right there and we try and tackle that problem. Well, you know what Jesus said in Luke 18, 1? We ought to always to pray and not lose heart. But we do the opposite, right? We lose heart, and then we pray. We, we do everything we can, and then when we're in total desperation, when nothing else works, then we pray, right? We tend to panic first and then pray, but you know what we should do? We should pray first and then panic. No, just joking. We should pray first and then have peace. See, Daniel, that's what he did. Daniel went right to fasting and prayer when faced with difficulties and problems. So today, this morning, what is discouraging you? What's causing you that fear and that panic? What's causing you to doubt and maybe bring confusion into your mind? You know what? Get on your knees first. Get to the Lord. Go to Him. And then also, you know, let's have the heart concern for each other during this crisis. Just as Daniel, he sees all these problems going on, he went to prayer, but you know what it was all about? It was to pray for his people, the Jews, for his nation. Let's do that. Let's have that same heart concern. We should be praying, maybe even fasting. You know, I didn't mention, usually Monday is our church uh, time of fasting. You know, fast this week. Maybe not just one meal, do two meals. Do a day if you feel led. But we should be praying more, even fasting more for each other and for the situations that we face. All right, let's go on here now to number two, the holy glory. We've seen the heart concern and we're, as we get into this prayer and the invisible war. And now Daniel gets a glimpse of the holy glory. So take a look here. We're going to be covering verses 4 through 9, but first of all, let's read verses 4 through 6, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verses 4. Now, it says here, On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. The sound of his words were like the sound of a multitude. And we'll stop right there. Now, it was the 24th day, verse 4 tells us, of the first month in the Jewish calendar, which is the month of Nisan. And if you heard that before, that is the first month, that is where Passover is celebrated. And actually, it being the 24th day, this is the last day of Passover. So interesting, just an interesting note, God brings this vision to Daniel at the end of that Observant. So Daniel was there. He was on the banks of the great river Tigris, a river in Babylon, and he saw this form of a man. Now this man was clothed in linen, like in this pure white robe. He held, had this belt of gold from Uphaz, which was famous back then for their quality of gold. Gold came from there. Today it's a region in India. His body was like barrel. It's a gemstone. So I picture it's this crystal gemstone. So you can see this white, this gold, this crystal kind of clear, kind of shiny thing. And his face shined bright like lightning, like 
this bright light. His eyes, look at it, what it says about his eyes. His eyes were fiery like flaming torches. His eyes were on fire. His arms and legs were like polished, basically, that's what it means, bronze. And the sound of his words or his voice was like a multitude of people. It was this loud roar, uproar, like, you know. So here's Daniel. Here's this shining being in front of him. Who is this? Who's this being? Well, some people say it's this mighty angel that had come down from the glories of heaven, and so that's why he's shining like that. Some say it's like Gabriel we saw in the last chapter, that it was Gabriel who came to him. You know what I believe, and you can study this. I believe it is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this is once again what we find in the Old Testament, a Christophany or a theophany. It is, this is an appearance of Jesus before in the New Testament he get, came down to the earth as a human being. This was before that he was God, the Lord God in heaven, right? And he came and he appeared and showed himself. I believe this is the Lord Jesus. He appeared in all of his glory, shining glory, and his power with that. This is a glimpse of the holy glory. That's our heading. Listen to this. <clears throat> this is a description of Jesus. And this is what the Apostle John saw in Revelation 1, 13, uh, chapter 1, from verse 13 to 15. And, and listen how similar it is to what we just read. John writes, And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire and his feet were like burnished bronze refined in a, a furnace and his voice was like the roar of many waters you know what i think john and we know that's jesus for sure i think john saw jesus in all of his glory just like daniel got a glimpse of jesus in all of his holy glory here now let's go on here look at verse 7 through nine, seven through nine here. And it says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. Now, <clears throat> the the men that were were like with Daniel, they did not see this man, but they sensed something. And it was so powerful that they ran away, like ran away in fear. Maybe they got all this chicken skin, like, whoa, what's, what's going on? There's something there I don't see. But So they ran away in fear. But for Daniel, his strength left him. And I like how he says his radiant appearance, you know, fell. You know what that means? His face turned pale. And with the sound of God's voice, of his words, he basically went faint, faint laid his face down to the ground. And you know what? Take note. That's what John did. He fell to the ground when he saw the holy glory of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. Now, <clears throat> Here's Jesus appearing to Daniel in his holy glory. And, and they're feeling that presence. They're feeling that power. So why did the Lord Jesus appear 
to Daniel here, before the vision, before what we're going to see next. You know why? To give him assurance that God is the omnipotent one. He is the all-powerful one. His holy glory shows his holy power. Get that. I mean, imagine you see God in his holiness and all of his glory. Oh, you feel it. You feel his presence and you feel all that holy power. So understand the holy glory is showing this holy power. And I say this because remember how right before uh, going in to take the first city in the promised land, Joshua was met with a Christophany also in Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. Israel was about to battle and take Jericho. Remember that? And what happens right before that? The Lord appears before, standing before Joshua. And in his hand was what? A sword, right? This huge sword. And what was that to say? They're, they're about to go into battle. This was the first city to take as they crossed into the promised land, right? Where there's giants and where these, all these people and they're supposed to take this land. What's the first thing that God does? Jesus appears with that sword in his hand to assure him that his power will bring the win for the children of God. And I believe this is what's happening here. Jesus appears uh, to assure Daniel, because this is what we see. The Lord's holy appearance was to give Daniel assurance of God's awesome and holy power. I'll say that again. The Lord's holy appearance was to give Daniel assurance of God's awesome and holy power. You see, the holy glory, the shiny, it shows that holy power and it gives you that assurance. You know, I was thinking about this, how <clears throat> several years ago I went through some really hard times and, and emotionally and everything. It was a real hard trial and and. You know, every day I, I, I go and just cry out to the Lord. And, I, I, and before going out to face the day and continue to do ministry in church, you know what? The Lord would show up like more stronger than ever, than not ever, but, you know, like, like more than usual in my morning devotions. And, and, and God's done that. Every time I've gone through something really hard, He's like right there, even revealing Himself more. I could sense His presence more. And, and, and what I'm reading in the Bible, in my daily devotions, it's like speaking to me so loudly. You know, I not only found the sweetness of his presence, you know, during those times giving me comfort, but I saw the awesomeness of his holiness. And that humbled me. It, it made me just just fall on my face. And, and with what I was going through, it just made me think of my wrongs and, and what I've done in my part to, to create this trial in my life. And it reminded me of his holy power. That the one who loves me has power to take care of me. That he is there for me and he will get me through. So you see, Daniel here, he's about to get this glimpse of things he's never seen before. He has never experienced, he never thought about things in this way. He's, he's about to see like, like these, this, these spiritual things, you know. It, it'd be like, like if we were to never even, you know, knew anything about the spiritual and we're like watching some movie and there's ghosts or there's poltergeists or, you know, those, those movies I remember as a kid, I, I forgot what I watched, but it was like, oh, chicken skin it was so crazy like whoa 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 you know and then all of a sudden you're thinking about it all the time well that's daniel he is about to see the spiritual warfare and battle and never seen before but the lord 
comes that to give him assurance that he's in control. Things that will unsettle him, he doesn't have to worry because God first assures him that he is more powerful than anything he will see. The Lord's holy appearance was to give Daniel assurance of God's awesome and holy power. Let me ask you again, what are you going through? What is bothering you? What, what's happening to you? What kind of trial is there? Perhaps right now, you're going through one of the hardest times in your entire life. Perhaps it, 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 it's difficult. You've been stressed. It's hard to sleep. It's, you're clenching your mouth all the time. Perhaps you've been emotionally just, just, just drained and it's been just hard with everything going on. Maybe, maybe, maybe with the virus it caused some other things other problems, and, and it's, it's just been difficult. Well, you know what? God is saying, go to Him. God is calling you right now to see Him for who He is. He is the Almighty God. He can, no problem is above Him. He can take care of it, anything. Remember, He is Elohim, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, right? He is Elohim, in the beginning, Elohim. He is the supreme God. He is the Almighty. He, he is the creator. He's the sustainer. He's that great I am. He's, he's El Elyon, another Hebrew word. That means he's the mighty God, right? And you know what this mighty God? He loves you. So know that. Know that. Let Jesus appear to you even right now. God is speaking to you. Can, can you hear Him talking to you? I, I believe the Lord is speaking right now. And He's saying, I know how afraid you are. I know of your tendency to panic. And look, I'm here to help you, to break free of that bondage. He's saying, look, look, I know your fear. Most of your fear comes from focusing on how bad things might be and leaving me out of the picture. Don't leave me out because I am more powerful than anything. Listen to what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. All right, let's go on here now to number three, the heavy battle. The heavy battle. We're seeing with this prayer and, and now getting a real glimpse of this invisible war next. We've seen a heart concern. Uh, Daniel got a glimpse of the holy glory, and now he's going to get a glimpse of the heavy battle. We're going to be covering verses 10 through 14, but first of all here, <clears throat> first, let's take a look at verse 10 and 11. It reads here, And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up. So uh, here, here is, is Daniel now. And he is uh, uh, he, he's, he's sort of laid out on the ground now, right? His hand, a hand touches Daniel, and he, and that gives him strength. He gets up on his hands and knees. Now, who is this? I believe from verse 10 on into the, the rest here, from verse 10 on is this angel of God. 
And most likely, it's Gabriel who helped them before. I, things switch here. So he saw Jesus now. And I, I see this because just like in Daniel 9.23, Gabriel the angel said, Daniel is greatly loved. And, and that's what we see here, right, in verse 10. So with these words of comfort, Daniel finds strength to stand up and receive the prophecy. Now, it, 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 it goes on here, and look at verse 12. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. We'll stop there. Isn't this interesting? From the first day that Daniel started to seek God and pray, when he started to fast, God heard Daniel's prayer and sent the angel right away. Isn't that great to know? As soon as Daniel prayed, God sent the answer. Someone said, God's ear lies close to the believer's lip. So that's good for us to know. God hears our prayer. When we pray and we're praying, it's not like, well, sound traveling up and out into the air, into the sky, and out into space, and it's reaching heaven. And, well, it's going to take a moment, you know. To get there, right? You like you sometimes you send a text and you're like waiting a little bit, and then they get the text. It's not like that. As soon as Daniel prayed, God received it, heard it, and sent that answer. But the question comes now: Why did it take 21 days for the angel to come? Right? Soon as Daniel prayed, soon as from 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 day one there. First day when he started to pray and fast, he prayed. God heard it, and he sent the answer right then. But it's 21 days later now, and now here's the angel. Hey, you know, as soon as you pray, Daniel, uh, uh, God sent me. But it's 21 days later. Why did it take 21 days for the angel to come? Does that mean, like, maybe heaven is 21 days away? No. Uh, maybe, maybe the answers to prayer, it's kind of slow, like, you know, Amazon shipping nowadays during coronavirus, that <laughs> takes a long time. No, what is that? Well, the answer is found in verse 13 and 14. Take a look here. So the angel says, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. And came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. Now, first of all, Dan, remember Daniel, Daniel here, he was praying for the welfare of his people, Israel, right? That was his heart concern. God heard it, and God sent Daniel the answer in the form of a prophecy, which we're going to see, too, in chapter 11 and 12. So the answer in the form of prophecy gave it to the angel and sent the angel out. Now, this prophecy, first of all, just know this in verse 14, is about the latter days. That means the not-so-far future. But also, it's about the days yet to come. That's a way far future, which means the end times. And you'll see all of this as we get into the next chapters. So this is what we're going to study. This is the word. This is the prophecy. This is the answer that God sent with the angel. Okay, with answer in hand, God, God dispatches the angel, but he ran into opposition. On day one, Daniel prays. God hears it. All right, go angel. Take this prophecy. The angel takes off, but he ran into opposition, verse 13. And what's this opposition? Well, it says in verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia 
withstood him, came against him, kept him from getting to Daniel. He got into this battle, this fight. They started beefing there, you know, as he was trying to get to Daniel. Now, the question is, who is this prince of the kingdom of Persia? Who is this prince of Persia? I want you to see a couple things here. First of all, prince, the word prince there in the Hebrew means he is a ruler in authority or he's some leader, right? He's some head guy. And this prince now comes against, withstood a powerful angel of God. We know angels are powerful, right? One angel, one night in 2 Kings 19, I think it was, killed 185,000 Assyrians. So we know angels are powerful. So if this obviously is this prince is not a human being because a human being can't stop an angel. So you know what this must mean? This must mean this is another angel, right? They're, they're equal in their abilities, yet this one may be a little stronger, maybe, you know, been a, being able to fight Gabriel, but they're in fighting, you know, and all that. Well, okay, if this being came against God's messenger, say it's Gabriel, then this must be one of the fallen angels angels serving Satan. We know in the book of Revelation, I believe it's chapter 12, that Satan took a third of the angels with him. So a third of the angels rebelled and went with Satan, and that's where we get demons. They are serving Satan. They're following Satan, but hey, good news, right? Only a third went. There's two thirds in heaven with God still. So this prince is one of Satan's rulers. I, I'm calling him Satan's lieutenants. It's one of his, his officers. It's one of his main head guys. All right, so this prince is Satan's lieutenants. Now, what does it mean that he is a prince of the kingdom of Persia? He's a prince of Persia. Well, it seems this demon lieutenant has been placed over the region of the kingdom of Persia. And we know at this time the Medo-Persian Empire is ruling. And he was positioned there to influence the Persian kings. That's what we see when the angel says he was there with the kings of Persia there. So this demon lieutenant was placed to oversee Satan's operation going on there in that location at that time. Well, that battle was so fierce that Michael, one of the chief princes, a high-ranking angel of God, came to help. And that's what we believe Michael, right? In Jude 9, Michael is called the archangel, a, a, one of the head angels there. And he came to help in this spiritual fight. Michael, the archangel, is like, it man. But anyway, you know, he can take anybody, right? So we see that there's this prince of Persia who's over this location. And by the way, you know, that's where we get this idea that, that perhaps Satan has positioned different demon, high-ranking demons in different areas to oversee and, and, and to, to bring uh, Satan's operation into that Area. I, be, I believe there's one um, over Maui, our island. Maybe one's underneath him, you know, in different areas, up country, west side, south, you know, Maui and town. That, that's what I believe. Sometimes when I'm driving west side too, I, I get this weird feeling, this oppression I, I kind of sense. But anyway, uh, I believe they're out there. So why did it take, right, our original question, 
21 days for the angel to come to Daniel. Well, because this demon lieutenant of Persia battled with Gabriel. Gabriel was dispatched, and this lieutenant came against him, was stopping Gabriel, uh, which I believe this is Gabriel, this angel, for, with bringing, bringing Daniel the word of God here, the prophecy. So this is the heavy battle. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. This is the heavy battle going on, and, and we get insight of the spiritual warfare that are going on in several different passages in the Bible. We know it's real. Paul talked about it here in Ephesians chapter 6. And turning to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we're going to take a look at. And as you're turning there, remember in, in this chapter in the middle, towards the end here, Paul is talking about putting on the armor of God, right? That we got to be strong in the armor of his mind to put on the armor of God so we can stand against the schemes of the devil. There's a spiritual battle going on. And so he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, verse 12, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about the different kings. I mean, the different princes, excuse me, the different rulers in the demonic uh, realm. There's different ranks. So we see that with God's angels, as Michael's the archangel, but there's also here this prince of Persia. So they're in different ranks. And so he says, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, the evil that's going on, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That is in the spiritual realm. So back to Daniel chapter 10. You can see here in chapter 10, we get a peek into the unseen battles going on all around us. Isn't that amazing here? That this is what we're seeing. This is what, what a peek behind a curtain is what we're seeing in this chapter. So the angel now, we, this is what we see in our section. The angel revealed how Daniel's praying triggered a huge cosmic confrontation with one of the high-ranking demons. The angel revealed how Daniel's praying triggered a huge cosmic confrontation with one of the high-ranking demons. A. Cooper wrote this, If once the curtain were pulled back and the spiritual world behind it came to view, it would expose our spiritual vision, a struggle so intense, so convulsive, sweeping everything within its range. And then he says that the fiercest battle ever fought on earth would seem by comparison a mere game. So you're going to see, no wonder Daniel was overwhelmed with this. Daniel was learning the greatest and heaviest battles were fought in the realm that people cannot see. And isn't this interesting? It was all because Daniel set out to pray. It's because he prayed to God, right? This battle started going on. Now, let me ask you this question. How long did this battle take place? Well, we see here the answer in verse 13 is 21 days, right? The angel took 21 days to came. As soon as he was dispatched, he ran into opposition with this prince of Persia. And how long did Daniel pray until the angel finally reached him? Well, we see in verse 2 and 3 that he prayed three weeks, a full three weeks. And what is that? 21 days. Perhaps, now, there is a connection between Daniel's time in prayer and the final arrival of the angel that he was delayed during that time that he was finding that time 
You know what I think about? What if Daniel stopped on day 20? Would, 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 would the prayer support there, the intercession, uh, would, would, it, would, would he have not gotten this answer? I don't know. Maybe. But here's the thing. How easy it is for you and I to give in to opposition to prayer. I mean, think about Daniel praying 21 days. That's a long time. Fasting every day, day and night, praying. Some of us, we're, we're done in like a minute. Some of us all of a sudden, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'm going to get some food. And we're done. Some of us, one distraction, boom. You're, you're taken out of prayer and you're gone. Or when we don't see the answer, what do we do? We give up, right? And look, Daniel prayed 21 days with no answer. He kept going. He prayed until there was an answer. That's the thing, you guys. Do not give up too soon. Listen, well, with what we see here, God's delays are not necessarily his denials, right? It could be that this huge cosmic battle is raging behind the scenes. And some demons, they don't like you to get God's answer. Your prayer that triggers God's help, God's work in your life, it triggers all this. God wants to work, so he's he's bringing you to answer. Boom, there's this big battle because Satan and his demons don't want you to be blessed, don't want that happening. Know that today. So keep praying. Keep praying. When when it's on your heart to pray, pray. When When you take the time to pray, pray. When you choose to pray, Pray, you guys, because we can be linked to this cosmic, spiritual battle going on that we cannot see. You know, the, I was reading about this missionary who was on furlough, sharing in ascending church, you know, back in America. And uh, he was sharing the works of God. And he was sharing how, in Africa, he, he, he served in a small field hospital. He told in his story that, how every two weeks he, tr- he would get on his bike and go through the jungle to the city for some supplies for the hospital. Each way took two days. So he would ride, camp overnight in the jungle, and then go to the city, and then come back, camp overnight, and come back. Well, in the city, <clears throat> on one trip, he ended up treating a man who he saw had gotten beaten up in a fight. Well, <clears throat> Two weeks later, when he, he was back in the city, the same man approached this missionary. And you know what he asked? He's, he kind of shocked him and said, Who was those guards dressed in white? And the missionary's like, What? The man explained, Look, after you like you fixed me up, my buddies and I followed you into the jungle. We knew you had some things. And we followed you into the jungle to take your money, your supplies, and kill you. But we couldn't because there were 26 guards surrounding your camp. Well, at this point in the story, a man in the church stood up and he interrupted the missionary and said, Hey, let let me just ask you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but let me ask you, when did this happen? And so the missionary started to think back, well, it was this, and he came up with the day and date. And then this man who stood up shared this with the missionary. You know, on that day, I was about to play a round of golf and I, I suddenly had this very strong urge to pray for you. So I called the other guys in the church, and we immediately got together, and we prayed for you. And I want to show you who they were. And at that, he asked those men who prayed with him at that prayer meeting, and they all stood up, all 26 of them. 
Interesting. It could be, guys, every prayer. It could be every minute of extended prayer. It could be every request. Every single person praying can be the difference in winning the spiritual battle. So pray, you guys. Pray. All right, let's go on to our, our last heading here. The Hellish Campaign. We'll finish this up. The Hellish Campaign. Prayer and Invisible War. Daniel, we got a glimpse of the heart concern, his heart. We got a, Daniel got the glimpse of the holy glory, the heavy battle, and now <clears throat> the Hellish Campaign. We're going to be covering the rest of this chapter, verse 15 through 21. But take a look at verse 15 through 19 here, first of all. 15 through 19 in our last part. It says, When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. And I said to him who stood before me, O my Lord, and when he says that, he's saying like, oh, in respect, he's saying, oh, you holy being or holy angel here. By reason uh, reason of the vision, pains have come upon me. In other words, he he's been he's in anguish over this. This is like so much for him to to take. Um, and he says, I retain no strain. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? Um, how can this you know, Daniel? talk to this angel for now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me again one having the appearance of man touched me and strengthened me and he said oh man greatly loved fear not peace be with you be strong and of good courage and as he spoke to me i was strengthened and said let my lord speak for you have strengthened me so here's Daniel. He's kind of overwhelmed with this little peek into the heavy battle. What's being told him? He didn't realize the, the, you know, the, the spiritual warfare, all that was going on, how heavy that was, how intense it was. And so he was encouraged and he was touched and given strength. And then in verse 20, now the last two verses. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. Okay, so the, the angel is basically saying, Look, you know, after I talk to you, after I got to go back to the fight. I got to go back and fight this demon lieutenant of Persia over there. And the battle, it's not going to be over. It's not going to even continue on because then the prince of Greece is going to come. And remember, Greece is the next world empire that's going to come and take over. And there's like another head demon over that. And, 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 and so against this demon lieutenant, they're going to be fighting. And that, that's Michael and, and um, Gabriel, if it's Gabriel, that's who they're going to fight. But then this is what he's saying. For now, tell Dan, for now, I'm going to tell you about the book of truth. And this, these are the prophecies, the, the truth of God, of what he's going to be dealing with, uh, with the world and Israel. That's going to be in chapter 11 and 12. This is God's plan for Israel and the world. And that's what we have in our Bibles today. So that's the word. That's that word of truth, the scripture that's been inscribed that we have. And that's what this angel, Gabriel, and Michael, the archangel, that's what they're battling about. And this is the idea. The enemy does not want Israel to succeed. And and the enemy does not want Daniel to know God's future plans. 
So this is the cause for the battle. This is the cause for the hellish campaign. This is the campaign. This is the wicked campaign. This is the campaign that Satan uh, fights. He does not want God's word, his truth, his plans, his work to go out into the world. That's it, you guys. Behind the vicious and hostile acts against Israel, and we're going to see that, is the enemy not wanting the Jews to be blessed and live, to go on. And anything, any message, any work that God wants to do, any, any word that God wants to encourage the Jews with, like with Daniel, or give them hope and strength, the enemy wants to stop right there. So our last point is this. The satanic forces battle to keep people from the truth of God. The satanic forces keep, or the satanic forces battle to keep people from the truth of God. Listen to what Paul says that Satan is doing about the gospel. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In their case, the God of this world, that Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Why? To keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. That's Satan's uh, uh, campaign right now, his hellish campaign to keep people from the gospel, to keep people from Jesus. The satanic forces battle to keep people from the truth of God. And that's why, why they came against the angel. That's why they came against Gabriel, who was bringing the truth of God. So you see what's going on here? You see what's going on with this battle? Know this this morning. Put it in your mind. Don't let Satan fool you. Perhaps much of what is happening is to you is because he does not want you to know the truth. Maybe you join in, connected in, you're going, whoa, I didn't hear about this. Maybe, may, maybe he's been trying to keep it from you about Jesus and the spiritual world and what Christ has done for you. Perhaps much of what is happening is so you, believer, Christian, you won't, you won't share the truth of God. That, that you're, you're focusing on yourself. Maybe the temptations and the oppression, the attacks that discourages to keep you from shining that light of Jesus. But know this. God has a master plan for you in your life. He wants to use you more than ever. He wants to grow you and save you and that you become more and more the image of Christ. Be that light. Know as God works in your life. There's someone right there to try and stop you with that plan. And who wants to stop God from working in your life? Our enemy, right? Satan and the demons. John MacArthur said, wherever God begins to move, count on it. Satan will move and counter attack. Put that in your mind today, guys. Understand, see things in a different way. See what is really happening behind the scenes. But remember, Jesus conquered sin and death and Satan too. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, he conquered him. He defeated him. So we fight not for victory, but from victory. The battle has already been won. Amen? Can't hear you. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Got the crowd to say amen. But how can we fight? A spiritual battle by putting on the armor of God. Like, read Ephesians 6 later. And you know what? 
by being in prayer. Now, after the whole armor of God, after this whole look insight in Ephesians 6 about putting on armor in the spiritual fight, Paul caps it all by saying in Ephesians 6.18, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to the end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That's it, you guys. That's what makes the difference. That's what we see here. That's what ha- has been happening with, with Daniel. We see his prayer, and we see, we see the spiritual warfare going on. And then God comes, and, and he helps him see what's going on. He gives him a, a, a glimpse. You know, my, my, my glasses here, right, help me see things, because um, some of you might be saying, hey, I don't, I don't remember you wearing that glasses that much you know when we were in in church at the school but now you do yeah because i I gotta read these small words and everything and everything's kind of different the lighting isn't as as bright but my glasses help me see things right um or else it's it's really blurry well you know what this passage helps us see clearly the spiritual battle that's going on and how prayer is connected to that so pray more a missionary to Russia, uh, Peter Deineka, once said, and I'll close with this, much prayer, much power. No prayer, no power. So you guys, let's pray much, especially after getting this glimpse from Daniel of prayer and the invisible war. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning, God, and thank you for the insight you give us. Thank you for opening our eyes to the truth, Lord, of what is going on behind the attacks, behind the, the sometimes, Lord, our suffering and trials, the oppression we may feel sometimes, the, the temptations that come out of the blue, Lord. God, we see the spiritual warfare going on. And thank you, God, you've shown us there's this link to prayer and spiritual warfare. So, Lord, give us strength. Cause us, Lord, to pray much more than before in understanding these things, that that there is this invisible war going on and prayer is linked to that. God, may we pray more and not give up. May we not lose heart, Lord. May may we not uh, grow faint, God. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you are here for us. And I pray for anyone here right now that, Lord, they are going through some extreme trials and hardships and times, that you would speak to them, that they would know that you are greater and more than their problems, that you are above them, Lord, more powerful, God, and that you are there for them forever, that you will never leave them nor forsake them and will carry them through the whole way. In Jesus' name, amen.